This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with David Meltzer, the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and former CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. He's also a best-selling author and business coach. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. As part of that mission, for the past 20 years, he's been providing free weekly trainings to empower others to be happy. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, David. Thanks for taking the time for doing this. How have you been challenged during this pandemic? I think the biggest challenge that I have is to help others to share from my experience of the 93, 97, 2001, 2008 shifts that I call compressed uncertainties and accelerated change, both emotional, physical, financial change that sends people out of their pure state of happiness. So for me, um, very clear on my own mindset, but the biggest challenge I have is because I have a big family, because I have many friends, because I have the social community as well as the businesses, uh, the businesses and associates and employees to keep everyone's mindset aligned with the opportunities and the ability to smile through some struggles and to see things as setups, not setbacks, really has been a challenge uh, at times. And have these challenges shifted you in what you're doing and how you're doing it? You know, I think the biggest shift for me is just my own ability to be a hypocrite, meaning uh, no matter how far along the learning curve I feel I've uh, progressed, there's still simple things that I feel I can do better, like be a better husband and be a better father and the importance of family dinners and the correspondence and connection that I have to staying at home. Uh, Someone who's traveled since I've been 24, about 200 days a year, to be able to, you know, sleep in the same spot for 10 weeks and to see the benefits and values of what I may have discounted in the past have uh, really been um, a cornerstone to the true progression and experience that I've had over the last 10 weeks. So with people looking to you for advice during this pandemic, how does leadership look to you now? So leadership to me now has always been the ability to empower others to empower others. So I believe a leader is someone that can empower someone uh, not only to do things themselves, but more importantly, to empower others to empower others. And to do that, we can get exponential uh, gain. And for me, my main mission in life has always been to empower over a billion people to be happy. And the only way that I could figure to do that was to find a thousand people like you, Kelly, that would empower another thousand to empower another thousand to be happy. Because a thousand times a thousand was a million, a million times a thousand, a billion. And all of a sudden, somebody, a simple middle-aged man with, you know, non-significance could empower over a billion people to be happy. We could create a collective consciousness and change the world. That's a great strategy. The question then is, what's the advice that you want to give to everyone at this time? So the advice I have is, 
actually really five things, I think, that lead to happiness and understanding happiness is the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. You know, there's no pursuit of happiness. Happiness is the enjoyment of the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of that uh, potential or happiness that you have. And it really stems from the ability to, one, take inventory of your values, Two, to have humility in your life, to not only ask how you could be of service or of value to others. In fact, I tell people if you're stressed, anxious, or even depressed, or even suicidal, the best thing you can do is go be and do good deeds in order to effectuate that purity of happiness, and then also to ask for help. Uh, and then be a student of your calendar to study what you have planned, what you don't have planned in your sleep, to do things now, to stay present. 100% of the things you do now get done, and people who get things done are far superior in achieving what they want compared to those who don't. And then finally, the biggest practice right now is you can utilize this time to practice ending fear. Uh, fear is the interference and corrosion to the most powerful light, love, and lessons that you ever could learn and live with, and that most people don't realize what walks with them, what walks within them, an unbelievable power and source of light. That pain itself is just like a turn signal. It's just an indicator. It's an indicator that you have lessons to learn. And even in this time, there's so many great lessons that we can learn to accelerate and grow and share through us in a world of abundance of more than enough of everything to everyone. Appreciation to come through us, to add value to other people's lives. But what if you're feeling that nothing is going your way with the economy, you know, spinning out of the usual path? Yeah, so feeling stuck, actually, I think is a, an optimistic thing. It means that you're trying and that when we never know how close we are to, to breaking through. But if you feel stuck, that means you're accelerating and growing. That means that you don't fit into where you were before, that there's pressure or resistance to the normalcy of your life. And so I try to get people determined upon, you know, their own personality, their own potential to effectuate, you know, this idea of segmentation, of acceleration and growth, even though their senses, their sight, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, touch, their memories are just faulty. They just can't see the growth and acceleration uh, that is incremental in their life. So if they can segment and feel stuck and feel good about and enjoy being stuck to know that this is only a setup for something better, that all of what I'm feeling is pushing me towards something better. And if they can't get to even that mindset, then simply look into what we have control of and remind ourselves that the only thing we have control of is our mindset. The only thing we have control of is our feelings. We have control of what we hear and what we say. So stop inundating me or listen to things that may be negative. Go ahead and seek what you want. You don't have to inundate yourself with negative news. If you want stable data, look and go seek for it once a day or twice a day. And then finally, we have control over what we do. And so I think when we take ourselves out of uncertainty and put ourselves into the state or mindset of certainty, of we do have control of our mindset or feelings, what we think, say, and do, we can all of a sudden feel a sense of empowerment. And we can go ahead and last comes or least comes to least we can go do a good deed and use the shortcut to feeling good you're saying that to see your stuckness as a challenge to move forward oh for me being stuck is actually a feeling of advancement right i take the analogy that you know if i wasn't growing or expanding and i didn't feel stuck uh then i i, I would be in the same place uh the only time i feel stuck is when i'm too big for where i'm at 
and now I feel stuck in this closet or stuck in my shoes. Uh, I don't feel stuck when there's plenty of room. Uh, so I think it's a signal that you're growing, accelerating, and achieving something, and you're getting closer to what you want, not farther away. And what if you feel that the forces around you are much greater than yourself? I think, you know, once again, taking control of our mindset that uh, there's two things that I uh, look at as currencies or realities. One is money. Um, so I believe that money is the currency of this vibration. That's an object of energy that we put into the flow. And the more money we have, the more we can shop for. And if we shop for what we want and we shop for good things, we'll feel good. If we shop for things we don't need or to impress people we don't like, uh, we'll end up empty and shallow. Uh, the second currency is the one that you're referring to, and that's faith. Uh, and so there's a lot of different currencies, but faith itself is an object of energy that we put into the flow at the much higher vibration. And so if you don't have the faith uh, that you have with you and within you more power than the external forces that are pressing upon you, then the best thing you can do is resort to giving. Uh, to helping others, to doing good deeds, and get too close to the truth, the highest vibration that exists, the highest frequency that exists, that can absolutely prove to you that one particle of light overcomes a million particles of darkness. And if you can't find that within yourself, then look to uh, the past and look to history uh, to see human nature and see the accomplishments and achievements and how faithful people have overcome extraordinary pressures and forces that some people would never be able to overcome or, or see. And I think by practicing that and enjoying that practice, you can uh, slowly but surely accelerate and grow so that your mindset can be strong enough to overcome anything. What do you think are the traits of strong leadership during crisis or difficult time? Four things. I think the first is gratitude. Um, I think a strong leader is looking for the light, love, and lessons in everything. Uh, it has a positive perspective. The past is better. The present's better than that. And the future is even brighter. I think forgiveness. A great leader forgives themselves for the mistakes and lessons that they've learned. Try not to do them again. And then also realizes that there's no need to forgive other people for what they've done, uh, but only to forgive them because they deserve it. Uh, the third and most essential is accountability. Uh, a leader has to be accountable, has to ask he or him or herself, what did I do to attract this to myself and what am I supposed to learn from it? And then finally, a leader needs to know the difference between motivation and inspiration. Uh, motivation is essential in order to get people up, to get them back up. But most importantly, a leader needs to inspire, needs to put people into a clear connection, not only to the light, love, and lessons in which they're teaching, but also to each other, to empower others, to empower others. And so learning that lesson of motivation versus inspiration combined with gratitude, empathy, or forgiveness and accountability, a leader effectually elevates others to elevate themselves. Do you think many are able to achieve this? I think everybody's uh, in that continuum or spectrum of progress to achieve it. Uh, different people are in different places according to their conscious beliefs, their subconscious makeup, as well as their unconscious quantum memory, uh, their unconscious competency. So determined upon those variables, everybody's on the spectrum of progress towards uh, their potential as a leader. So this would be a good time to really ask yourself whether you're prepared and whether you are willing to progress through that spectrum. 
think, you know, taking into account the first thing that I suggest, which is taking inventory of your values, your personal, experiential, giving and receiving values, not being afraid to be a hypocrite, meaning not being afraid to say that you've made mistakes, that you were wrong, that you didn't know what you did know, and that you yourself are changing, growing, and accelerating. Uh, when you have that type of humility, you can then make a conscious choice of, am I willing to progress, or do I want to live, shrink down into a comfort zone and quit trying. And how are you doing it on a daily basis? Practice, right? I think one of the key components of uh, my happiness is contributed to the fact that I'm just practicing. I see everything coming from a sports background, uh, just like golf. You know, two minutes a day is with more than two hours on a Saturday. I understand the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious continuum. So, Everything I do is a practice. I don't want to live my life like the myth of Sisyphus. I don't want to just push a boulder up to the top of the hill to have it roll down every night and start over. I'm trying to plateau and grow. I'm trying to find my highest frequency. That's the purpose and reason that I study sleep. I think that the only time that we are allowed to connect to the unbelievable source of light, love, and lessons that we're connected to is when we sleep, our ego is out of our way. So when we go to sleep with the certain strategy and discipline, we actually can, instead of have that boulder roll down the hill to start off at the bottom of the hill every day, I allow myself to find my highest frequency before I go to sleep and end up the same place when I wake up in order to plateau and grow and use that as a baseline for when I know during the day that I'm in the ego-based consciousness and that's where I'm practicing ending fear to identify the needs of the ego, like the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, and then be a ferocious Buddha by stopping myself when I'm in that ego-based consciousness, dropping down into center or neutral so I can get clearly balanced and focused in order to move like a ferocious Buddha again in the trajectory I want to move, not accelerate in the wrong direction, creating shortages, voids, and obstacles. So how do you reach that high frequency before you go to sleep? So for me, it's gratitude and meditation. So I do uh, a routine to wind down and to find my highest frequency, to be thankful for everything that has occurred and the lessons that I've learned during the days and the stories that are applicable to those lessons. Programming my mind to have positive thoughts and positive growth while I sleep. And then reminding myself when I wake up via meditation for 20 minutes in order to find that frequency once again, to use it as a baseline to see when I'm not at center, not at my highest self, not at my potential, and utilize that mathematical procedure and practice in order to effectuate growth, acceleration, and happiness. So is your center also your highest frequency? So my center is my best self for that day. And so when I'm most centered or without interference or corrosion to that connection that I have to an unbelievable source of power, light, and love, that's my best self that I can be at for the day. That's when I'm most creative, collaborative, allowing to command or work with the universe to get what I want uh, in order to allow it to come through me for others. And how do you sustain it without being distracted? Uh, through practice, right? So we have to understand that every day, uh, is so important because if we don't do something every day, it breaks the continuum of the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind, meaning that we get exponential results. Although incremental, exponential incremental things become very large uh, progress and very large in, in their productivity. Uh, so, but when you zero it out, I'll use the 
nutrition or, or dieting as an example. Uh, so many people will stick to a diet where they think they will and they go, you know, seven days in a row and they get X to the first, X to the second, up to the X to the seventh. And then they'll eat a banana Foster's cheesecake or go to McDonald's or not work out or whatever it is. That now becomes X to the zero, which is one. So at the end of the month, about 31 day month, they may have been very disciplined following all the rules, regulations uh, for 28 of the 31 days, but they have a zeroing effect uh, for the three days that they cheated or did not stick to the diet. Therefore, it has a drastic effect on the results. So at the end of the month, they may step on a scale and wonder why they have lost very little weight, no weight, or even gained weight, even though they stuck to the plan for 28 days. Uh, so consistency and lowering the bar are two of the key components in order to actuate the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious continuum to get that exponential growth and acceleration. Wouldn't that be the same as discipline? Discipline is the hardest thing that we do. It requires, you know, the ability to do something every day. I myself uh, would tell people, you know, the best habit I could tell you to implement is to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. It takes about 0.1 seconds. And although I've been around and I'm part of the Transformational Leadership Council with the greatest thought leaders of all time. I produced the world's greatest motivators and all the great world minds from Deepak Chopra to Oprah Winfrey to Wim Hof will all tell you that gratitude is the most powerful thing. I myself could not say thank you for 30 straight days. It took me nine months until I could do it. Uh, so our subconscious, our ego is so far in our own way. It makes discipline such a difficult thing. Habits are probably the hardest thing to build. But I have and do a practice to create a habit machine so that uh, instead of working on individual habits, I'm practicing creating the habit machine where eventually I'll be able to put anything through it and be able to execute on it with that daily consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. It's interesting that you mentioned it took you nine months. Do you feel that that then shifted everything for you? Most shifts are so incremental and micro micro uh, measurements that our senses can't pick it up and our memory can't either. I know that the gradual and aggregate effect of saying thank you uh, for the last 14 years has had extraordinary results. I know that by studying physics, quantum physics and metaphysics and talking to the world thought leaders of the importance and the results that occur from having that simple, gracious, attitude of adding appreciating value to everything that you do and allowing it to come through you for others and the ability to see the light the love and the lessons and everything to see that pain is just an indicator that you have a lesson to learn mental physical spiritual financial pain all of those are just exciting opportunities to learn something that all stems from the cornerstone of gratitude you had conveyed that while you're sleeping you have a deep awareness within your consciousness, unconsciousness, and subconsciousness. Can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, so there's memories that are involved in all three. So uh, when we're awake, from the time we have our eyes open till the time we close them, our cellular memory is alert. And our cellular memory is a short-term memory, and it's not very smart. That's why we need to have habits or disciplines in order to effectuate the consistent behavior to input, which is about 10,000 new thoughts or, or new data points a day. You have the opportunity for 10,000 new things to be inputted into your cellular memory. That memory talks to your intermediate memory, which is your subconscious. And your subconscious, it hosts about 40,000 of the same thoughts or data inputs. Every day you have 40,000 of those same thoughts. And the more that you access them, 
every day, the more that it builds a neural pathway within your mind. It creates a really uh, efficient, effective, and statistically successful way to think and do things. Uh, that then, if affected correctly, the more we access the subconscious thoughts, and have neural pathways, the more it sends signals or frequency to our unconscious. Our unconscious has a quantum being to it. It's a genetic coding from an epigenetic layer that activates and deactivates your DNA to your DNA yourself, which, as we know, DNA has been handed down by scientists at least minimum four generations, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents to you. Even furthermore, I believe it's passed down through lifetimes of energy which makes it even more complex. But our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions, our frequency vibration is dictated by that continuum. What we do every day, what we think, say, and do every day that then creates the beliefs of the subconscious that then sends a frequency to our own personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions, our own vibration that sends a signal out. So there's two laws that are put into effect from this continuum. One is the law of Goya, get off your ass. Uh, nothing happens until you start movement. And everybody needs to know that the first 10 minutes of movements are the hardest, no matter who you are. Just realize the first 10 minutes suck. And then finally, the law of attraction, which is the frequency or vibration that's created from your quantum being that attracts things from the unbelievable source of light, love, and lessons that attracts things from the universe of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone. If you were writing your children letter about how to navigate success, what would it contain? So for me, it would start with uh, those five principles from taking inventory of your values, asking and attracting, student of your calendar, do it now, and practicing ending fear. I also would have them have a routine, uh, both a set routine and an adaptable routine for when things don't go as you plan. Uh, I'd also, as I do, you know, make them wake up at 5 a.m. every day and say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up, uh, drink a gallon of water a day, sleep eight hours a day, exercise or move an hour a day as well. Uh, those are some of the simple things that I teach and tell my kids every day beyond s- surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. You sound like you're a very high achiever. So what bothers you the most? Myself, right? My ego bothers me the most. I'm on a practice of, uh, you know, constantly being that ferocious Buddha as much as I teach uh, things and have clarity on what I teach. I know that every day I forget every lesson that I've ever learned. Every day I have the ability to access all the lessons, even ones that I haven't learned. I know that every day I'm just trying to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential by identifying when I'm ego-based consciousness, when and how to stop myself when I'm in that state of mind, how to get back to center my highest frequency, and then roll in the right trajectory to utilize my life with a kaleidoscope, which is three lenses, a lens of productivity, how much value can I provide to other, a lens of accessibility, how accessible am I to others, and how am I accessing what I want, and then finally a lens of gratitude. Can I force myself to challenge myself to find the light, the love, and the lessons, to have a positive perspective, the glass half full attitude of everything that I do, and how quickly when I'm not in that state of mind, utilizing that kaleidoscope, can I get back to that perspective. And how do you dial down your ego each day? Practice. You know, sometimes I amaze myself how 
terrible I am at it. Uh, I I love the analogy towards golf, right? You know, I play golf uh, since I've been 10 years old, and some days I just can't miss, and other days I just can't imagine how bad I am and where that terrible swing comes from. Uh, and I know that I'm playing a nice round every day and the best that I can, but how quickly can I get back to center when I have a bad hole? Uh, is the real challenge of my everyday life. So what have you learned from your podcast interviews with leaders? I've learned there's one common denominator between high achievers or uh, activating self-actualization of people. The only one common denominator that I found are that people that are productive, accessible, and gracious are people that must be what they can be. Uh, there's an innate uh, feeling or inherent sense to them. Uh, people that must be what they can be uh, will manifest what they desire much more rapidly and accurately than anyone else. Your experience with these leaders are those who have the best vibe or the highest frequency are the ones that are really manifesting? Well, I think the ones that have the highest vibe and the highest frequency have the greatest awareness and the greatest awareness allows things to be simple. Uh, so they have the more statistical, efficient, and effective way of doing things. Uh, but I do believe that frequency stems from this ability uh, or perspective uh, or desire, this you know massive desire that I must pursue and enjoy the pursuit of my potential. You've interviewed many spiritual leaders. The question then is, do you see this in sports as well? Absolutely. I see it in sports, executive entrepreneurs, as well as the world thought leaders and spiritual leaders that I've interviewed. And what are the downfalls, typically? The downfall, I think, of, of all those types of individuals is that when you get into the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of the potential, you have uh, still the ego present. And there is an obsessive uh, part of the ego uh, that can as easily work against you as work with you. Um, and so you have to be careful to create priorities. That's why taking inventory of your values is so essential so that you don't accelerate uh, from one extreme into the other, and that you have to make sure that you have clarity about what you want, balance that within your values every day, get focused, pay attention, and give intention to the coincidences that you want in order to effectuate a cleaner, more efficient, effective connection to that great source of power, light, and love that you have. You made a great point. As your influence grows and more people want access to you, that is in itself intoxic, right? Then you want it to be more and bigger. And your mission is to empower 1 billion people to be happy. So do you get intoxicated with the thought that you're getting closer and closer? Yeah, I have a huge, I have a huge ego that I fight, right? That, uh, you know, it goes beyond just my main mission. You know, my, uh, still philosophy of receiving is to receive as much as I can so that I can give to others. So, uh, my motto of making a lot of money so I can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, uh, is intoxicating as well. And I have difficulty not defining myself by how many people I am impacting or not defining myself by my bank account or not defining myself by the awards, accolades, achievements, acknowledgements, and recognitions. Uh, all of those things 
every day uh, I have written in my nightstand on my desk and on my screensaver two words beyond thank you, which most people would think would be the two words that I see the most. It's actually radical humility. Uh, because I know how intoxicating the ego makes the need to be right and the need to be superior, inferior, and separate, the need to not feel the worthiness and fulfillment, to live in a world of just enough where everything is for me. And I have to be very careful to make sure that everything still remains in the world of more than enough, which is a world where there's more than enough of everything for everyone, and things come through me, not for me. So you do have an impressive list of titles. If we were to strip all that away to the core, what would that look like at the core? It's on my. It's on the signature. I've stripped away all the titles, awards, and accolades from my signature on my email. It simply always reads "Recipes the Loquitur," uh, and that was the decision I made. The other choice would be I am. I just felt the recipes of local order better suited a signature on my email that says that stands for which it is, right? Which is basically I am. Uh, so I, I have stripped myself of those titles to remind myself uh, recipes of local order. Do you have a vision of where you want to be 10 years from now? Yes. Better than I am today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you plan to do anything different? Oh, yeah. I I want to uh, <laughs> raise my awareness. I want to raise my frequency and my vibration. I want to uh, create and understand things uh, so that I can empower people in a more efficient, effective, and statistically successful way. I want to understand my potential. I want to be a hypocrite more than anything else. I want to be able to say quicker than ever, gosh, I did not know what I did, though. It's amazing I even thought that yesterday uh, or last hour. You know, I love compressed times of uncertainty and accelerated change uh, because it allows me to grow at an equal pace. I don't have to wait on everything else. There's so much opportunity when things are disrupting in an expansive environment. When we're in a closed environment, like a automobile engine and things are disrupted, it's going to break, right? An engine doesn't work when it's disrupted. Uh, but in an expansive environment like the universe, disruption allows for unbelievable growth, unbelievable acceleration. So if you can keep control of that which you control, your mindset, your feelings, what you think, say, do, and believe, you can have extraordinary results. So you're saying that curveballs happen for a reason? Everything happens at the right way at the perfect time. Um, and so once you have a perspective that all pain, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and financial pain is an indicator that you have a lesson to learn and that life is just about lessons and the lessons are going to keep on coming until you learn them. You'll forget every lesson you ever learned. You have the ability to access those lessons at any time. Even ones you haven't learned, once you take that perspective, uh, you know, you realize that everything is happening at the right way at the perfect time. And I'm just learning the lessons as they come. So your mission is to empower 1 billion people to be happy. Where can we find your free weekly training to become happy? I want to empower over a billion. I don't want to limit myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone can reach out. I have free training for over 20 years on Fridays, uh, different lessons every Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. There are replays. Uh, you can text me if you're in America, 949. 298-2905, uh, at David Meltzer, David Meltzer at all the social media. And then finally, uh, my email is david at dmeltzer, first initial last name, david at dmeltzer.com. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, David. 
Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a wonderful day.